Okay, we have Tim Warner with us. He is a comedian and a bona fide legend who escaped from New York to follow his dreams. Uh, real life Snake Pliskin. <laughs> I want to. I want to know everything, man. We saw you on an episode of Kill Tony, episode four nine nine, episode four hundred ninety nine, and yes, I don't know what. I don't really watch Kill Tony that often. Sean got me into it, but here's what okay. happened. Yeah, I, I just decided to watch it. I was like, why not? Right, Donald. I'm not a fan of Donald Rollins. I'm a fan of Jay Dave Chappelle, but he was on it, so I was like, all right, let's check it out. And I'm going through it, going through it, going through it. I'm having a giggle, having a laugh. And uh, and then you come on. And as soon as you come on, it took me back to my first days of watching Bill Hicks, of watching George Carlin, where like I felt like my, someone had planted a seed in my brain. And, wow. I was like, and it, you only get a minute on this show. So I was gutted. I was like, I want to hear more. But the interview was good. Yeah, and then that's good fucking, news. that's, uh, thank you. That's uh, some amazing company. So, uh, to be up there for a minute, I don't know why this guy's got to mow the lawn now. I apologize, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't, I don't have a home. So, uh, this is what your listeners are going to have to deal with. No fixed abode. Yeah, is, does that sound bad? Nah, uh, this sounds like no. Ed, this sounds like Edward Scissorhands is having a good time. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, anyway, to be up there for a minute and to, and to have you mention those names, uh, I mean, that's, that means the fucking universe. So thank you for that. Well, so <laughs> I appreciate that a ton. It's that anti-authoritarian style of, you know, the problem is with comedy, right? Growing up as a kid, we, the big names in the UK were people like uh, Lee Evans or Peter Kay. And okay. These people, they were successful in the sense that they would sell out, not just sell out um, theaters, they would sell out airport hangars. We're talking 10,000 people a show. But their, their, their comedy was comforting. Their comedy was safe. It would make people laugh because it was based on everyday idiosyncrasies. And as you get older, it's like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to hear about everyday shit. Like, and the want- more riskier comedians just get an 18 slapped on their DVD. Yeah, they get an uh, R-rated, 18, slapped on. So, you know, George Carlin comes along and he's saying things that makes me think, oh, my God, like I'd always thought this, but I, I could never really articulate it into words. And then he comes along, I'm like, oh, that, that resonates with me. And then you come along and I'm getting a hint of that. I'm like, all right, this is something I haven't seen for a long time. And it's important. Wow. That, that type of comedy needs to come back because it's. I know there's a lot of people, you know, you've got your Bill Burge, you've got your Joe, Joe Rogan's, and they're good at what they do. But someone who just doesn't give a fuck to say what needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, this is, first of all, this is new to me. And what I mean by that is, dude, I've been fucking kicking dirt in fucking New York for I don't even know how many years. And um, I've been loved in patches. Uh, the whole city never really kind of took me in. And now that, you know, I escaped the medicinal martial law of New York city to live in my car, to travel America, to try to find 2019 again, and to be in Austin, Texas, and to have the responses that I'm getting. I mean, I was just in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, I did a show Friday and I had a gentleman come up to me afterwards that said things very similar to what you said. 
where he was like, dude, I haven't seen something like that in years, dude. That is like some Lenny Bruce-esque type of shit. And the thing is, I guess there's people that look at what I'm saying on stage as risque or, um, I don't know, challenging, you know, like the mainstream fucking quo or whatever else. But I don't, I don't see it as that. To me, this is normal. Like this is, this is what's happening in the world. And this is what should be talked about. So, um, I don't look at what I'm doing as like, uh, or I don't see it as like risque or, uh, anything of that nature. I appreciate it. I, I just, I don't know. I'm looking at this fucking world, dude. And, and I'm writing down what I see and then trying to put a fucking dick joke at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, so people will listen. So maybe I can fucking sell out a hanger one day. No, you, you don't, don't want to sell out You don't want to sell out a hanger because, you know what? Right, let me tell you a story about this Lee Evans. I don't mind talking shit about this guy because I don't know him. I don't know. I went to one of his okay. things, right? So as a kid, he was a very... Uh, in the 90s, that's when he came about, and he was very... He, all, he, all Lee Evans' trash talk is on all dance, baby. <laughs> right, Lee Evans, right, he came onto the scene in the 90s, right, and this guy, like, he was rags to riches, right? He deserved his success that came his way, and in the 90s, he, he was very theatrical, he's very uh, flamboyant, very physical, and he'd sweat a lot, and he was a funny guy, but then he got to into his 40s, and we're in the 2000s, and he'd do a tour every three years, but then he'd do the occasional like charity event. But the charity event would consist of him saying the same jokes he said in the last tour. And that broke my heart. That made me think, hang on a minute. I want to see him do not just sell out airport hangers. I want to see him do open mic sessions like Louis C.K. Like Louis C.K. does the big theaters. He did the, uh, the, uh, the Beacon Theater in New York. But then his yep. next tour, he did, um, you know, he did at the comedy store. You went straight back right. to a small audience. I'm thinking, why can't these so-called big comedians in the UK just go back to just doing open mic sessions and film that? You know, so I was disappointed in that regard. And again, it every every three years he'd bring out a new DVD and it'd be the same jokes. And it's like, no, 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 right? Do a George Carlin, write a new hour. You know? I think he had a fucking sweat contraption underneath his jacket as well, just to fucking. Oh, this make guy him- would sweat. This guy would sweat, and it, it wasn't challenge. Again, it was comfort. Oh. You're gonna you're gonna make twenty million pounds if you do the same shit jokes you did three years ago. Well, okay, you know. And then he retired. He he, he vanished after 2014. Well, well then, but don't don't the audiences kind of take blame as well for that? Oh yeah. I mean, absolutely. They're the they're the ones. I mean, you know, I can get the first DVD and buy that. You go, okay, I like this guy. The second DVD, you buy that, and you go, oh geez sounds a lot like the first one and then you buy the third one and it sounds like the first two well you know what that's on you yeah i think that's on you and 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 the thing is you know a lot of people will point out and say that there's a lot of crap out there in the artist scene but it's like can i see your spotify playlist oh what do you know you've got a lot of crap on your fucking playlist like you're at fault as well you know these these people don't make money out of thin air. It's not like they work for the federal reserve that just print out money whenever they want. No, we get, we have to buy the money from the federal reserve with an interest, mind you. So then we have to ask the federal reserve to print that interest. 
right? So we're always in debt, and then we take this money, and then we put it towards the, the Lee Evans of the world. That's on us. That's just <laughs> on, on us. us. You know, <laughs> it's, bad it. En- it for years. it's bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad enough we're trapped in a system where we're always going to be slaves. We're always going to be in debt. It's made that way, and it's not going to get any better. Well, maybe you should put your money towards better artists, huh? Maybe. Yeah. You know, the best you know, way to describe this Because I don't type- blame that guy. If I could do the same joke for fucking seven years and make 20 million pounds, dude, I'll do that joke right now 15 times in a row. I don't give a fuck. I don't blame the guy. You know, it, it sounds like he sweats when he thinks he doesn't want to do that. So, yeah, let's put out another DVD with the same joke and we'll put a different fucking cover on it and they'll buy it. Yeah, that's your fault. Not my fault. Fuck the Evans. Yeah, I pirated the DVD. Fuck him. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Burn it or something or give it away. But Jesus Christ, dude, some of it is with, the audience's fault. I had a friend with cerebral palsy who was a big fan of him. And uh, he was gay, so that's why he liked to hang out with me. He was like 15 years older than me. I think he was trying to groom me, but he was a nice guy. He was a good host. And um, he, he, he said, oh, I've got a new Lee Evans DVD. You want to come watch it with me? And I said, okay. So I went around his house, and we watched it. And I was like, this is the same shit as last time. Fuck me. Who yeah. was that? Uh, his name was Billy. Like, I feel sorry for Billy, right? Not only did he have several no, what year was oh, that? Right. Oh, right. Oh, I thought you wanted to know about Billy. <laughs> 2011. Well, talk about Billy if you want. I don't yeah, mind. we'll talk about Billy in a minute, but uh, 2011 was the DVD. Uh, oh, it was okay. the second to last DVD. But yeah, all right. Uh, before getting to Billy, right? The best way to describe this type of British comedian, when they film yeah. it, they'll fill the, the c- comedian says a joke. And then the, the, the camera then switches to the audience and you'll see that the wife, the ugly wife pointing to the pointing to the husband. Oh, you do that, too. That's the kind of comedy I fucking hate. Mm, that, yeah, that's dad comedy. Yeah. Dad comedy. Well, if it makes you feel better when they cut to the audience and they show that lady pointing, that probably didn't happen at that moment in time. And they just edited it all in. It's all a fucking show, buddy. Yeah. Why? Why are you disappointed? It's all. It's all wrestling, buddy. All of it. <laughs> what's <laughs> like, what's a what's a Ricky Gervais maybe? But what's a big British comedian that's made it into all, uh, America? Sure. Uh, oh. <laughs> what, 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 what about uh, what about Eddie Izzard? He's pretty brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he's actually, yeah, he's dope. I like his Izzard. I mean, I I thought I thought Dress to Kill. Is uh, is a very good mm-hmm. special. That was back in '97, wasn't it, Charles? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had, yeah, the he had a, brilliant. He had a string of like three, four uh, specials in a row that were pretty hot, and he was fucking yeah. actually talking about some shit too. You know, Le- late '90s, um, early 2000s. I mean, I mean, technically, I guess you could say Bill Hicks. Because <laughs> yeah, like. Bill Hicks was one of the few comedians to break it in the UK back in the day. In the yeah, but he wasn't popular here. And then he went to the UK and then he died and then mm. he became popular. Yeah. <laughs> you are, you, are you familiar with Philip K. Dick, the sci-fi author? Yeah. Yeah. He he was completely, by the, by the time he died, just before he died, um, his books were out of print and his only audience was in France. The French loved Philip K. Dick, but the Americans couldn't have given a fuck at the time. And then obviously Blade Runner comes out and he dies and, he, and then he becomes an institution. But yeah, again, it's weird where you find your fame. 
it's very weird like yeah. you found you know you've already found your first bit i know you got a lot of fame coming your way but you found your first little bit of it here in the uk you know okay i'll take that i'm not I, kiss, I don't mean to kiss your ass man i just i, I want to support you you know oh i appreciate it but what's um it, i don't know if this is what if this is if this is what fame is nothing's changed <laughs> i'm still gonna go I'm still gonna go to sleep in a Walmart parking lot tonight. Like, <laughs> at least you can in the UK. You get you get fined for that. Yeah, no, we'd get fucking put in a, a uncomfy cell. Yeah, I mean, which is still a place to sleep overnight, but it's we, not worth it. You can't even sleep overnight in Walmart here in the UK. We we call it ASDA. Why? Why can't you? Because it's like, uh, you're only allowed to park there for three hours. <laughs> we'd have to pay. I, but do they have a person with a fucking timer? What do you mean? You can only park there for three hours. <laughs> no, but... What is this? I think, like, what is cops this? just drive by. I don't know. It's not very uh, No, fair. it's just, I don't know. Like, people, you know what it's like. It's the Milgram experiment. You, you ever heard of the Milgram experiment? Right, so they did a test. Um, the Milgram experiment was performed in 1962. So you had a, a, okay. sci a scientist, which was per a person in a lab coat, who had a clipboard. Okay. And the oh oh a, a Fauci yeah and then the participant sounds like a Fauci okay yeah, well you're gonna love this right so the participant yeah. of the Milgram experiment right they were volunteer but they didn't know what they, all they were told was you have to follow the orders of the guy in the white lab coat and they would be asking questions through a microphone like I am to a third party that they don't know had never seen and they would ask it questions if the third party who by the way was a stoolie they were in on it but the the the, the participant didn't know this. They would ask questions, but if the third party got the question wrong, they would have to admit an electrical shock to the third party in the other room. Um, and each electrical shock would get more and more powerful. But over time, the participant would be like, I'm not comfortable with this. The white lab coat in the room would say, this is all part of the procedure. Please continue. And then after the eighth buzz, there were 10 in total. After the eighth buzz, the, the, the third party would become unresponsive even though they've been yelling to please don't, 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 even though it's all an act, like, please don't, don't. Anyway, the whole test was designed to show um, compliance in the presence of someone in a position of authority with a white lab coat. That was the Milgram experiment in 1962. And the results are fucking uh, uh, frightening. Mostly women. I would, I, I would set my alarm for two hours and 45 minutes and I'd wake up and move my car. <laughs> that's what i would do <laughs> three hour three hour timer and you're telling me you got your little pansy cops coming around to make sure fuck you i would i would move i would move every two hours and 45 minutes i would move eight times a day and i would still be in that walmart parking lot yeah that's fucking that is fucking ridiculous and you know what? That story, that test there is a great analogy for exactly how we are being as people in a society, just fucking rolling over and letting people telling us how to dictate our existence and how to dictate our lives or what we can do. You're now creating, now you're going to, not only do we have poor middle-class and rich, you're now going to have tiers of each. It's almost you know, the World Economic Forum calls this the Great Reset. And to me, at least in America, this seems like it's a like we have baseball here. And, and, and sometimes they have realignment where, you know, you'll have two conferences 
And then all of a sudden for marketing reasons or whatever, they start making divisions and they put certain teams. There has been a complete realignment of fucking everything happening. And everyone is just being fucking cool with it. Uh, it's funny utterly say that. It a, amazing to me. They've just introduced a thing now where they're trying to, where like certain football teams of a nature, like big football teams will go into their own league. You mean soccer? Start, yeah, soccer. Uh, they, they start going into their own league, like a franchise, like basketball, when they do the playoff. Thing. Right. And it, it's, there's no, it's not like, do you know what I mean? Every, the people at the top are always going to be at the top. It's not fair for everyone else. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, when, was, when was the last time Detroit Pistons won the fucking playoffs? But, you know but I mean? see, sometimes, but sometimes, dude, that's mentality. Sometimes that is a fucking culture thing. Like, for example, here we have the American football, right? We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, okay? They're always in the fucking playoff hunt. They're always every year. Why? Because it's a fucking culture that Pittsburgh has. So some of that is culture where, like, some of these losing teams just have a fucking losing mindset and they do loser things. Wherein the Patriots or the Steelers, they don't make a lot of mistakes. They practice in a certain way with a certain mentality. There's a certain culture. So sometimes it's just like, I feel like, for example, dude, I used to be a, a fucking drunk. I used to be an addict. And to me, that was a loser mentality. I used to think that the world was, was out, not out to get me, but the reason why I wasn't succeeding was because of the outside world. You know, sometimes I would go on stage and say things and I would go, ah, oh, you know what? They can't handle what I'm saying and so forth. No, I was being a loser and having a loser mentality and not taking shit on myself. And um, I think that's what a lot of things are wherein, like, what is going on with this medicinal martial law? This is how military weakens the will of their enemy. And by elongating, by saying, hey, you can't celebrate Christmas. Yeah, you can't do New Year's. You can't, oh, but Valentine's Day you can. But you can't do St. Patrick's Day. You can't do this. It is, it is unbelievable to me that I live in a culture of this mindset. It is also, though, there's so much accelerated change when the fuck can you stop and ask a goddamn question? That's what's amazing. And then it's just like high school or junior high. When you ask a question, all the dumb kids in the back are making fun of you for fucking asking questions. And the next thing you know, your rights are being taken away. You got to have a fucking QR code on your phone just to be able to go see a goddamn Dave Matthews band concert. The fuck is happening? Dave Matthews I mean, band doesn't. <laughs> we're becoming part of this. We're becoming part of this transhumanism era, you know. Where I did a lot of studying uh, of Ray Kurzweil, and he wrote a book in two thousand five ah, called "The Singularity ah, Is Near." I got a novel read, coming. I read uh, "The Age of Spiritual Machines" that he wrote in nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I done, I done uh, "The Singularity Is Near," and I did "How to Create a Mind." So I did the 2005, I, I want to read mm. the 1999 one, but I was studying it for a novel. I've, I, I spent four years writing this novel. It's done now. Um, oh, wow. 
And Ray Kurzweil was a big inspiration for it because it does talk about the growth of artificial intelligence and that, uh, you know, that Alan Turing quote, you know, should a machine become more intelligent, more intelligent, more thinking than us, then where should we be? What would then become our purpose? Uh, and we're seeing this sort of transhumanism happening now where we're becoming, you know, the machines are becoming more like humans and the humans are becoming more like machines. And there's right. this crossover coming over. And 150 years from now, I think it'll be amazing. But I hate being part of that generation where it's in the fucking infancy of it. It's like, I don't want to be a part of this. I want to live my biological life and then do what the fuck you want. Don't be trying to, you know, because your private private corporations are coming in and trying to benefit and make a few bucks from it on their side. It's like, I know it's inevitable. But then what happens 100 years from now when that fucking solar flare comes and wipes out our entire digital infrastructure? Well, that's, that'll be 2039 when the grid goes down. Yeah. What happened in 87 last so you, time? You know, wiped out Toronto. Yeah, well, every 19 years, dude, there's some chaotic thing that happens. Mm. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I, I happen to call 2020 a war on hope and traditions. Mm. Uh, if you look at 19 years before that, we had 2001. We had the war on terror. Now, all, all of the things I'm mentioning, um, they're all basically created to take away civil liberties and freedoms and personal freedoms. So as you can see now, in order to live life, you're going to have to have your fucking papers or whatever else. It looks like that's what we're going to. Uh, in 2001, Department of Homeland Security was made in America, uh, and it was supposed to go after all the Osama bin Ladens of the world. But I even knew back then it was going to be coming for us because at the end of the day, I mean, more than likely, Osama bin Laden was a CIA agent named Timothy Osman who was put in there. Uh, during the Cold War with Russia and Afghanistan back in the fucking 80s, for Christ's sakes. Um, uh, what was my point of all that? We talk about transhumanism. <laughs> no, I got into... yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. So with, with all of this artificial intelligence, with how... Oops. Oh, boy. With how... Oopsie. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> oops. With how everything is falling into place. Um, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too hip on it because the human condition to me is so fascinating and to be losing that, like, I like death. I think death is great because death makes fucking time important. It makes it valuable. And if you already look at what we do with our fucking time, I mean, there's people that spent this weekend binge watching some stupid fucking show on Netflix. that's going to do nothing for their life other than make them feel comfortable when they're in social situations and people bring up mm. this TV show. But have you like, read the uh, Tibetan we, book of living and dying? That's like, no, um, no. I've, re I've read some of it, but I haven't sat down and uh, you're talking about the Tibetan book of the dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't sat down with it. You know, I mean, I, I read I mean, on a I long did, train journey and fucking yeah, it, it made me comfortable with death. You know, it made me not fear it when yeah. I used why, to. Like, do you know what why, I mean? why would you? Why would you? It's the one uh, thing exactly, we all exactly, have in exactly. Common. That's the question. That that's not even the question. It's the point. We all, we all are gonna do it. That's why it's like, you know, you get these fucking masked Nazis. You know, they're like, hey, put it above your nose. And it's like, hey, stupid. 
Do you know these, you know, you think these masks are going to make death stop killing us? Like <laughs> you're, you're fucking dead. You're dead. Every minute that goes by is another step closer to death. And it's like, what, how the fuck do you want to live? Like there's so many people that are scared to die, but now I'm realizing there are so many more people scared to fucking live. That's true. You know, like you're, you're scared to death. Dude, it seems like there's a lot of people that are scared to fucking live their lives. You know, you're going to like... Absolutely. Yeah. You're going to like this one, right? So the kind of campaign we've got going on in the UK is the whole vaccine, pushing the vaccine. And the way they do this is that they'll say, you can't go on holiday to fucking Spain or Greece or wherever until you get the vaccine, right? Even the the advertisements themselves say jab and go. So it makes me laugh that... People's priorities, like, I want to go to the pub and engage in meaningless fucking conversation with people I don't really like. I want to go to some shit fucking holiday that isn't even go to the country that isn't even the country. It's just some sort of fucking Jean Baudrillard hyper reality version of of that country's culture. It's not, you know, when people go on holiday, they go to all inclusive resorts. They don't go to the country. They go to the resort. So they get their little shitty jab and go off to their shit fucking holiday and sit with their fucking ugly wife. And then, you know, get all sunburned. Oh, it's so nice being here. Can't wait to go back to my fucking slavery in two weeks. Oh, take me back. Hashtag 2019. Fuck off. (laughs) I mean, you are. But the thing is, you're not wrong. You know what I mean? You're not. And I don't know. Uh, I, I got a lot of shit in New York because I decided to go outside during the summer and explore new york and it was the fucking greatest dude it was the absolute greatest until the virus came out and that's when people started coming outside again new york was fucking amazing without people and once the people started coming out that's when i realized i don't know if i can live in new york city with people again i don't the city dude the buses were free so I literally would go anywhere in New York, anywhere. You name it, dude. I put an eighth of weed in my pocket. Let's go. Where are we going? And I went all over, dude. I walked by all their little tents that were fucking empty. I walked by all their little frozen trucks where I didn't see any dead bodies, but the trucks were there. I delivered food to fucking hospitals on Mondays so I could get a closer look of everything. And you know what? Didn't see all the fear that they fucking fed us on the goddamn news. I'll tell you that much. And I even have some of it in my podcast, The Joker in the Rye. Uh, there's some episodes where I went around New York and fucking tape shit and whatever else. I went by... Uh, what was that dumb USS fucking friendship or whatever dumb fucking air carrier that they brought oh, the here like navy a navy ship they bought in yeah yeah it was here for two days because one of the staff members got covid so they had to get it the fuck out of here but i went <laughs> by that dumb thing for two days you know it was all a fucking song and dance show it was just like mission accomplished with george bush after the iraq war in which we still got people over in afghanistan that might get out on september 11th yeah uh, we had we had someone on the podcast that does doc done a documentary yeah, he was he was in Afghanistan and then he he um, went AWOL. Uh, he wrote a book on why I won't return on the war on terror, uh, why I won't return to the war on terror. 
uh, fascinating read. His name's Joe Glenton. We've got him coming back Mm. on in a few months of his next book. Oh, that sounds fascinating. Yeah, and here, let me get back to that. So 19 years ago, right, we had the war on terror. 19 years before that, again, this is America, mind you. I, I don't think it was like this over in uh, yeah, we where had the, you guys we had 2003, are. 2003, second go for it. Oh, right. Yeah, that's true. But you had 777 too, right? Whatever the fuck. Well, there's an interesting one. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about but that. Yeah. So 77 was in 2005. And a lot of people say that a lot of the wounds that happened on those tubes were under the waist. So people are saying bombs were planted under the tubes. All right. Let me, let, let me tell you something, guys. Uh, let me tell you this. You ever heard of Dermatria? Um, no. Okay. Dermatria, it's like A equals 1, B equals 2, C equals 3, all the oh, way to yeah, C, yeah. E equaling 26. Fake. Okay. I'm shit, man. So dig, so dig this when it comes to September 11th. And I don't know. I don't have jokes on this yet per se but i have been saying it on stage so i don't think i'm burning a bit here but uh in 2000 i believe 2001 the bush administration got together and they and they wrote the project for a new american century in it they wrote in order to initiate change in america we need a catastrophic and catalyzing event like a new pearl harbor then September 11th happens. Three buildings fall in New York City that day. Building one, building two, and building seven. Please, do you guys please, know? please explain you, building seven to me. Do, hold on, hold on, hold on. Do you guys know when Pearl Harbor is? 1941. You're looking at the wrong thing. It's December 7th, or numerically written one two and seven okay probably just a coincidence nothing to see here they don't teach that shit on sesame street united 77 77 minutes after takeoff crashed into the 77 foot high pentagon on the 77th latitude probably just a coincidence there's nothing to see here so now you have that war and then 19 years earlier was the war on drugs. And that was, I believe, 1982. Yeah, right. And then that's when we started putting people away for fucking carrying a goddamn nick bag. Or if you were black, one or the other. 19 years before that, you had the war on individuality. They took out JFK. Then afterwards, they took out Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, and Bobby Kennedy. If you think for a minute that you could change this world and make it peaceful, we are going to fucking kill you. And then 19 years before that was World War II, and then I haven't researched enough. But every 19 years, there's something. That's why I think in 2039, the grid's going to go down. Mm. Uh, You know, it goes back to something we said earlier. We're talking about human biology. Uh, There there is a cyclical system. You know, the human body, it takes six weeks. It takes six weeks for uh, blood cells to replenish themselves. It takes something like four weeks for skin cells to replenish themselves. It takes seven years for the skeleton to replenish itself. So every seven years, we're a new person. We yes. Not. Yes. So. That is that is very true. That is very true. But then again, are we really people? I think we you live know? in a are you, are you are you Are you really you? You know what I mean? Am I really Tim Warner? It's just fucking, we're just energy, dude. 
This okay. doesn't even exist. I think we live in a simulation for sure. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. It I mean, fucking blew it, my it, mind. It, I watched a video by Vsauce about touching, how we don't actually touch anything. Yeah, we don't touch. Atoms don't touch. That fucking blew my mind. Like, it's, yeah, this is even all... talking about it blows my mind. <laughs> I'm not sitting on this, this chair, is... dude. Dude, this is all beyond amazing. It has to be a simulation. <laughs> I mean, dude, look at look at the things that we could do as human beings. You know what I mean? Like, we can come today. We can do that. We can come <laughs> and have that feeling of orgasm. Like, we could do that every single day. Well, you know what I mean? Every hour like, of it's lockdown. <laughs> yeah, dude. We could eat. You know, you can eat mushrooms and experience other dimensions. You could smoke DMT and travel the fucking universe without leaving your goddamn living room. Oh, and you're and you're gonna tell me that this is real? Stop it! Hey, Stop it! Right do you know now. The, do you know what the French word for orgasm is? No. La petite mort, the small death. Let them off. La petite mort. Which means that small, fucking, small we can death. come that killed me. Sorry. So yeah, but small... it's true, dude. You know what yeah, I mean? It. It's like there's yeah. there's so much amazement that we can do. Even even just fucking listening to a song, like having someone create music, whether it's a guitar, a saxophone, piano, it doesn't matter. The fact that we do that, dancing, the fact that like, dude, this this is pretty goddamn amazing. And, and for some reason, gratitude is something that isn't expressed. Like the news should end. Every news episode should end with one minute of fucking gratitude. I don't understand why there isn't practice of fucking gratitude is the closest way to live in the goddamn moment is to be grateful for it. I mean, Jesus, look behind me. See these trees, dude. You ever heard of photosynthesis? It's why we can breathe. It's fucking, this is amazing. You know what else is amazing? If you look at tree branches, they look like lungs. It's really fucking amazing. That's how we breathe. That's how they breathe. It's, I don't know. This shit is so fucking utterly amazing and so fucking beautiful. And for whatever reasons, the media and now social media is just the only way a dictatorship could thrive is if you keep a country divided 50-50. And that's all they're trying to do. They're trying to show us the 2% of division that actually happens in the world. They make it look like it's happening 99% of the time. It's not. Yeah, that's what wears me down. Yeah, I mean, there was a book called The Culture of Fear, which was written back in 99. That was an interesting read. Uh, and that talks about how you put the lens on one particular incident, just right there, an isolated incident, and you put the lens there as a, as a sort of news, the, the news media puts it there, the, the mainstream media, and they play it over and over and over. I mean, an interesting film to watch is Nightcrawler with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mm. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you see the producer herself, I can't, I can't remember her name, but she was a lethal weapon. And you see her as a producer saying, go back in there, say such and such, say this, say that. Hold that shot. Hold that shot. You know what I mean? That's how the news actually works. I know that's a movie, man, but that's a great fucking take on, because that was an independent movie, so they didn't have to uh, tick any boxes with any studio executives, man. That was Jake Gyllenhaal's little passion project. He got that shit made himself. The uh, video yeah. of the newscast 
when it, they think they're finished and it zooms out and it's all just an act. It's like not even a real. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're just fucking yeah. shuffling their papers, having a good fucking time, and then like, there you go, fuck yourself. You know? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, some years ago, there was like a tea party movement here. And it was, um, it was kind of connected with like, you know, extreme conservative, Republican, whatever else. The Boston and Tea Party? It, or? No, 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 no. It was, it was another thing like, it was with that idea, but there was, what the fuck was it? Cause it was supposed to be very like Trump ass. And then here's my point, because it's shortly after there was Occupy Wall Street and being in New York, I was heavily involved with it. Uh, I mean, they asked me to come down and perform uh, like the fifth day. Uh, one of the dudes who wrote the constitution for Occupy saw my set before and thought I'd be perfect to come down and uh, do some comedy, whatever. And that's how I got involved with them. And there was a point when news started coming down to Zuccotti. And I noticed that they were taking the shots and trying to interview the crazies that were down there and not necessarily the intellectual people that could actually have a conversation that could actually make some points with um, some clarity and whatever else they were getting the people, the drum circles or that one girl who's got paint all over her face and her shirt off. And she's dancing like it's 1969 Woodstock. Let's film her. And that made me start to think, cause I went and watched the news that night and I watched how they painted Occupy. And then it started to make me think maybe no, maybe that maybe. tea party thing you know and, and it's like I, I i would go to some i remember i went to a bernie sanders rally and i went to a donald trump rally and it's very interesting now how they position people behind the politicians and they pick the people to put behind the politicians and they give them the signs and the american flag and to make this look and to make this show and you know the sad thing is a lot of people are buying you know you put something on tv and people will eat it up you know it's kind of interesting dude in this country 9-11 right that's supposed to be a phone number for emergencies well we had a big terrorist event happen and then 311 is also a phone number we use for information and that's when Dr. Fauci, on his 79th day of his 79th year, called this a pandemic before it was even an epidemic. And, but it was on TV, so everybody fucking bought it. You know, I've got an interesting one for you. So my, uh, Please. I, was, I was watching uh, a, t- a documentary my, my mother a couple of years ago, and it was about the British paparazzi. And... But not the British paparazzi, like people who do like these uh, magazines, not newsworthy, but like just trashy celebrity gossip shit. And yeah, like yeah. zooming nuts. Yeah, not not nuts, but more like new magazine and all that, you know, such and such. Oh, as, yeah. it's, it's got the celebrities plastered all over it and says such and such is worried about getting pregnant, blah, blah, blah. Hear her story. Yeah. But anyway, so the documentary is covering how these journalists, the extremes that they went to to get their photograph, that's going to pay them 50 grand, you know, for example. Right. And they themselves even said on the documentary, we just take the photos. The editors make the stories up. And my mom's watching this. And then 
since then, she still fucking reads the magazines, knowing that the editors make the it up. Exact fucking same. Yeah. Like, you watched the documentary with me, and you're still buying the I fucking mean, magazine. I mean, dude, in this country, Joe Biden and President Harris are going around the country. <laughs> Sorry, that one's for me. But going around <laughs> the country, and uh, they're doing a tour for this vaccine for one of the three vaccines right and and he's still fucking woke <laughs> well it's a very weekend at bernie's i mean with that guy that's why that's why it, it's president harris i mean come on dude our president is not joe biden bit like how dick, a bit like how stop. dick cheney was actually president you know yes exactly yeah. and uh so they're going on tour for this vaccine and whatever else and it's like if health is really the issue, then how come Magic Johnson hasn't had a festival for his fucking AIDS medication? Mm. It, it makes no sense to me. First of all, AIDS, right? It, it, it stopped us from doing drugs and fuck it. Well, that's two things that happen at a festival. I don't understand why Magic Johnson every year doesn't have a festival for the fact that he only has HIV. He doesn't have AIDS but now they're going to do a tour for and get ready for it. Pfizer, who has the biggest out-of-court settlement of any big pharma company, $2.3 billion in 2009. And then you have Johnson & Johnson. Not only the blood clots, but they have uh, what asbestos in the, in the baby powder, metal in the baby food. And then the third one is Moderna who's working with IBM to make sure that people are getting IBM tagged Jews in World War II for the Nazis. These are three fucking choices that they're going on tour for. And everybody said that Donald Trump is pure evil. Can we throw Biden and Harris into that group too? Jesus people Christ. <clears throat> you know, no, they, no, they won't. Do you they know what? people the problem is is that people have short memories right so uh, here's another interesting story about my mother right and she's a be- she's a great and beautiful woman so i i don't mean to disparage her in any way she's a very nice woman she's a great woman but you know she's she, you know this was back in 2012 right and i read 1984 for the first time back in 2012 and holy um, shit yeah i loved it i've read it like a dozen times since i could i always go back to it one it's beautifully written and secondly it's always relevant but um there was one scene in 1984 where Winston, he works for what's known as the Ministry of Truth, and they deal in lies. I'll give him a second. I'll keep going. Oh, keep going. Okay. Yeah, please. So, um, sorry, I could just hear a lot of interference. That's all. That's all right. I'm just grabbing another uh, copy. Oh, no worries. Go on. No, ministry, ministry of lies. I'm yeah, with so you. He works in the Ministry of Truth, which deals in lies. So his job yes. is to rewrite, just so because I don't think Sean's read this. So um, he has to rewrite the news over and over again with uh, with the rest of his department. And he has to write that the chocolate ration is going from 30 grams a week down to 20 grams a week. Right. And then a yeah. week later, it's announced by the congratulations, our war in India has been won. The chocolate ration is going up to 20 grams a week. And everyone's like, hooray, even though he knew himself that it had gone down from 30 grams. So here's where it happened. In reality, I'm in the car with my mum, right? And we drive past a gas station, petrol station, right? And it said one pound nineteen a litre. And she went, Oh wow, it's gone down. 
Yeah, well, not really, because a week ago it was fucking one pound ten, or like a, a couple of months ago it was like one pound ten. So it's actually gone up. It just went down from going up. So it never went down. Right. Right. Slightly less inflated than it was a fucking two months ago. And I was, I was like, oh my god, that was my first realization that 1984 was like legit. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I mean, I think Mandela effect. If you ever heard of this. I experienced uh, it I recently. That, I experienced it recently. Yeah. So when it yeah, got announced that um, Screech died from fresh, yes. I swear, yes. I, I swear, I saw a news uh, news article about him dying like four years ago. Oh, okay. that's a common one though with celebrities, though, isn't it? Like I remember, like Barry Scott, for example. I seen he was dead like fucking five years ago, and then there we were a couple weeks ago doing a podcast with yeah, him. But he confirmed I mean, like, that people were actually saying <laughs> did- that he had died. But. Since you were talking about, since you were talking about Orwell, you have you read Animal Farm? Yes, we, we read it in school, so I remember it very okay. well. You know, at the end of Animal Farm, when when I think the horse, whenever are looking at the, the like Ten Commandments or whatever, there they had like their 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 Bill of Rights or whatever, and they're sitting there going, "Hey, didn't that used to say this?" And they're like, "Nah, I never said that." Whereas like. Oh, freedom of speech. Didn't he used to say freedom of speech there? And they're like, nah, never used to say that. That's what I think Mandela affected. I think they're making this thing up. So when like they do take away rights or they do take away something and people go, hey, wait a minute. Didn't we used to? And you'd be like, yeah, you stupids. That's the Mandela effect. Come on. You never had that. Philip K. Dick covered this. He covered this in his 1969 book, Ubik, where you live in a world full of psychics and anti-psychics and this girl called pat colony she could change the present but she didn't go back in time she would change an element of the past and then everybody else would lose their memory of that previous timeline and only have memories from the timeline that she had changed and the philip k dick character joe chip he's like why are me and pat married i only met this girl two weeks ago and he's got a wedding ring and all that and everyone's like oh no we we got he's like shit pat changed the fucking timeline again Interesting. Interesting. I'll have to check that out. I like that. That's really interesting. Yeah, Ubik's a good book. It's probably one of his, well, his best book was A Scanner Darkly, hands down, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that and, and I saw the movie. It wasn't that bad either. The movie's good too, yeah, but the book just yeah. nails it. It was his best, well, best written, best book. And Ubik's a good one as well. Androids, I, I, that was my first introduction, so I like it, but I do. And. Yeah, yeah, sorry I got talking all about this medicinal martial law. You probably no, it's cool. It's great, man. Anything goes, man. Fucking, my, my yeah, that's it. That's yeah, our okay. motto. Anything fucking goes, bro. My dad's gonna fucking love me for all this right. one. Well, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if you. I didn't know if you wanted to talk more about. Um, you wanted to ask questions more about myself and like whatever. You know. Yeah, man. I Dude. just. I just. How come you I escaped the going on New this York? Shit. Then what was the biggest reason for it? I. Uh, to me, there's a mentality there that I'm just, I'm not on board with. Um, I'm not on board with rolling over and just listening to my government. Um, I'm not on board with uh, censoring and this PC culture. Um, I'm the kind of guy that back in, you know, the 30s, I would have let Hitler speak. You know, it's like, I don't agree with anything he says, but he has the right to fucking say that shit. And I think when, you know, 
these big tech companies now. And, uh, you know, they are now the new fourth industrial, I mean, not fourth industrial, they're the new military industrial complex, all these tech companies. And just this idea of, to me, New York turned into a lot of people that if you don't agree with me, I ain't fucking listening to you. And I think that's where the biggest problem is. We have two ears and one mouth for a fucking reason. And we're supposed to be listening to each other more than fucking talking. And again, no one really communicates. It's just a lot of talking. But no one's up for a debate anymore. Well, it's not, it doesn't even have to be a debate, dude. Let, not what about a, no, dis- but what about a yeah, discussion. discussion? A fucking yeah. discussion, for Christ's sakes. You know? Um... It's just, it's, it's the stuff that I didn't agree with. And when I started getting shit from people that I've known for years that started, they love throwing out these is and isms. So all of a sudden I was a racist and all of a sudden I was a Nazi. All of a sudden I'm a Trump supporter. All of a sudden I'm a fucking Republican. And I just fuck you people. You know, you, with all due respect, Trump's a piece of shit. I'm not going to fucking argue that. But a lot of people's hatred for Donald Trump has blinded them from the rest of existence. And I, I just, I couldn't do it anymore. So uh, I waited till election day. Well, what happened was, to be honest with you, I just put it out into the universe. I said that I'm going to fucking leave in in 60 days in a car that I don't have and I'm going to make money off YouTube, Patreon, and uh, merch. And I just think it's going to work. And then, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks later, an old friend from high school I haven't talked to in fucking, I don't know, 20-some-odd fucking years, whatever, he hits me up and he says, uh, hey, you still going to fucking leave New York? Blah, blah, blah. I go, yeah. He goes, well, I'm a, I'm a financial director at a Volkswagen Mazda, uh, just north of New York, and I got a Volkswagen 2012 that came in. It's fucking perfect for what you want to do. It's diesel, uh, you know, whatever else. It's fucking great. Okay, so we try to get the loan. He tries to, you know, finagle it as much as he can, but my credit shit, whatever else. So I have to get a cosign. So then I made a sign out of cardboard that basically said, um, I will tell jokes across the country in a 2012 Volkswagen Jetta diesel for a co-signer. And then four days later, uh, I had one of my Patreon members fucking hit me up and then asked me questions about the loan. And then they co-signed the loan so I could get a car. And then I got the car, (laughs) right? They believe in me that much, dude. So fucking, (laughs) pardon me, just a little COVID. And then, uh, (laughs) and then, um, and then, yeah, I waited till election day and I voted for Joe Jorgensen, uh, the libertarian female candidate, unlike a lot of the, the, the SJWs that yelled at me all summer. They voted for a crusty white guy because they're so woke. And then uh, I voted Republican in everything New York City, and then I left. So um, a bit of a segue, but 
I, I'm kind of curious yeah. to know about once you get to Austin, Texas, and you put your name down. I know you'd been on Kill Tony previously a few years back, but yes. you know, yes. I'm curious to know about episode 499. You put your name in the bucket. Like, how yeah. big? How many people are attending? Like, how are you feeling? Like, walk us through it, man. I, I want to know. Oh, how I was. I, I felt like I. I don't know. I kind of. I just went down. I really went there, kind of. Um, I guess kind of as a joke, kind of. Where like, I was on it before, whatever else, and then a bunch of kids were like, "Hey, we're gonna go do this," and I was like, "Oh, fuck it, I'll go. I guess I'll sign up." I didn't expect to get up. I mean, there's fucking 60, 70 people easily. Um, you know, and they're not just from Austin. I mean, there's a crew from Dallas that come in every fucking week, man. Uh, you know, that week in particular, episode 499, I mean, there were a bunch of kids from Iowa that fucking drove down to do it. Uh, so there's 60, 70 people. That particular episode, we were um, standing outside. And uh, some kid just sold me uh, a bunch of fucking THC gummies for a decent price. So I was sitting out there mowing them, uh, just talking to this comic, uh, Anthony Knight, who just, he just got in from Baltimore. And I was sitting there telling him, like, just how I think Austin is very um, Seattle 1991 right now. I think the energy, I think the grunge of comedy is coming. Uh, and I was just talking about like, you know, the great thing is like New York, what sucks about New York is, and, 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 and like why anyone would pay $2,000 a month to live in a shoebox is because there's hope. You go to New York, you, you could walk a block and your life could change for the worse or the better. There's hope there. And this medicinal martial law has taken hope away from New York. And now you're just paying just to stay in a place. And at the end of the day, it's just fucking land anyway, you know, but we put value on it, but it's just fucking land. Um, ah, shit. What was I talking about? I mean, hey, Tony, New York. 499. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so like here there's hope and I was talking about like, Hey man, you never know. You can get your name pulled and you could get up there and have a really good set and whatever else. And then that changes your status as a comic in Austin. And, uh, as I bowed down my second fucking gummy, uh, all of a sudden the comics are going, Hey, Warner, Warner, you're up. And I fucking ran in. Uh, I didn't know anything that happened uh, when it came oh, to yeah, Danielle. straight after fucking doing out, Don out as well. Yeah, I, I, I had no clue uh, what happened. Uh, like I said, I was just talking with a kid, having a good time, eating some gummies. And then they called my name. <laughs> and then I went in. And when I walked up to the stage, I noticed that Danielle wasn't there. And I thought about it for about a second. And then I was just like, well, fuck it. I'm going to do my fucking side effects bit. So here we go. Good. I like that. I like that a lot. That was awesome. I, I, well, I showed it. I showed it to my dad and he, he's a big Carlin fan anyway. I showed it to him. Yeah. You know, it was interesting though. I remember when I was up there in like the first 15, 20 seconds, I was sitting there and I was like, 
oh, dude, I shouldn't have done this. Uh, maybe you should have done that stuff on dating. Ah, oh, Christ. Because, again, I didn't realize what happened with Danielle. So, like, the fucking energy in the room was just weird. You lifted and it then, back up. You lifted it back up. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the exact, but there was something before side effects that actually got. Oh, I think it was when I did bleeding ass cancer diarrhea. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the it's one. like, that's not a side effect. That's a bleeding ass cancer <laughs> diarrhea. <pill. laughs> Stupid. And I think that got them. And then after that, then they were just completely on board. And then when I did side effects where you just take those effects, put them to the side, yeah, ignore yeah. them, stupid. Uh, then it was forget about it. And then you can even see it in my body language. Like, you know, the minutes up. So boom, I put the stand down and I step back and then Tony's like, no, I wanted to hear more of what you brought yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never can happens. see my body language. Like oh, never, never. And then you can see my body language where I'm like, Oh, you just yeah? grab the mic. And then I, yep, I just grab it and I'm like, yeah, it's so fake news, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, I mean, that that's where that's where I knew it was just, that was one of those moments where right there, you see it on my face, I knew I won. Mm. And now, it, then it was just cruise control, where it was like, all right, fake news. I know you guys are going to like this. Oh, reverse racism. I know you guys are going to like love this. that bit like on reverse any, racism. Loved it. Like any, I, I felt like anything I would have done at that moment. Like, I got you. Yeah. I got you, people. Once you came and, off that, uh, sorry, sorry. Yo, go on, go on. No, I was just saying, once you came off that stage, like, were people patting you on the back? Were people shaking your hand? Like, what was it like walking back? Yeah, I got, hmm. yeah, yeah. I actually, I walked the wrong way. Well, not the wrong way, but I walked, well, because we were outside. So I, technically, it's not the wrong way. Because, like, now they let us go upstairs. So there's stairs you could take. So we had to walk back outside. So I kind of went through the crowd, uh, you know, a lot of fist bumps, whatever else. Like I just, uh, you know, like I just scored 40 in a playoff game or whatever else, you know what I mean? Um, it was, it was, it was pretty great. It was, it, it, it felt good. You know, um, I didn't know what to do with my emotions at the time, you know, cause like you don't want to celebrate in front of a bunch of comics that have been coming week after week after week maybe some of them even traveling hours <laughs> week after week and then you kind of come out like yeah i did great huh and they're all sitting there like i haven't even got uh so that aspect i didn't know what to do i i would i kept it in um and then i when i went and walked to the next open mic uh i kind of let loose and patted myself on the back and all that shit whatever else but you know, I, st I tried to stay up for as long as I could that night because I knew once Tuesday morning comes and I wake up, Monday doesn't matter. Mm. Were you, you know, were you buzzing? Because my dad, like he's he he's a, a spoken word artist. He does poetry. He does a lot of like interesting things on stage. Oh, I was amped, dude. I was amped. Yeah, and he talks about buzzing. And then the next day he just, he says the pendulum has to swing both ways, man. He gets hit with that low. The next day when he sat in that taxi, like, fuck, why am I here? Uh, I felt like that when I had a day job, for sure. Uh, now it's more of just, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I won that game yesterday, but that was yesterday. There's still a whole season to play. You know what I mean? Like, I did a good job yesterday. It does not mean I'm going to do a good job today. Yeah, yeah, you know what enough. I'm saying? That's it's not it's not like a bummer but it's just it, it's for me it's a reality check because i feel like if i keep 
talking about that moment. Like if we're on Thursday and I'm still talking about Monday, I don't think that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let me focus on Thursday. Monday happened. That was great. It's part of the story, but now it's Thursday, you know, so let's do Thursday. Yeah, and yeah. so that's, that's so, very much my mentality. How did your social media blow up once that episode aired? I mean, I know you got us two out of that. You? That episode did really well compared to the one that came out last night. Uh, hey, I seen your story. How come you're a bit up there feeling shit about it? Uh, the comments there's, actually, because I was going through the comments. Uh, I didn't, well, didn't really fucking... it wasn't. The, it wasn't the comments. It was the uh, the live chat. Oh, so okay. like, we don't know right, that is. So this this is all right. So this is what I do. All right. So. Tony's episodes appear like a week or two after. Okay. So last night I'm waiting to get on kill Tony. And then the episode I was on was premiering. So while I'm waiting, I'm checking in, you know, seeing what people think because, uh, I felt good because of the, the four ninety nine, And then, um, so I was like, all right, 501 i'm up after aloe or whatever the guy who made fun of danielle and made him cry so people will watch that for sure and then i'll be up and i was also thinking maybe not that many people watch past danielle so maybe this will be like their first take of me and then someone will write in the comments like oh but he was in 499 after danielle you should check that out so that was my mentality going in and then my thing comes on whatever else and the live comments are coming in the live chat as people are watching it. And it is just fucking. It's hate in my guts. Called me a fucking hack. Dan homelessness. Uh, yes. That was a ripoff of Stan Hope. Uh, there was a bunch of people saying I didn't have any jokes. Uh, a lot of people saying that uh, I've done heroin, which I haven't. A lot of people are saying I'm a meth head. Uh, a lot of people are saying I'm I act smarter than I am. Uh, there's some other ones I can't remember right now, but it, it, I'm just sitting there reading them and, I, and I'm just like I'm fucking losing. Well, My we can tell you right now hey, from just being you've read a lot of books. It's easy to hate, man. It's easy to hate. I, right? I know it is. I and know you- it is. But it just it was hard. It was just. It's hard to be positive because it's like I'm doing one of the hardest fucking like one of the hardest things in entertainment. Hmm. And not only am I doing one of the hardest things in entertainment, I am also doing it the hardest way. Yeah, I'm not I'm not going up and talking about what's the deal with fucking (laughs) I don't do that shit. You know, I don't I I even I kind of got a bit about it now. But I don't talk about my fucking dick. I don't talk about fucking. I don't find it funny. I find it beautiful. What I find funny is the social constructs that make us fucking eight years old when it comes to sex. Uh, There's a goddamn destabilization of America happening. There is a fucking color revolution that was written by the Russian ambassador to Barack Obama happening right now in this country i don't think i could sit around and go hey what's the deal with lasagna it doesn't make sense to me this doesn't fucking make sense and, yeah, and real and, is always funnier isn't it 
Yeah. And you know what, dude, I, I've, I've been finding it a little difficult to get stage time in Austin. And, uh, I just, if I had better comments, maybe I'd get more. I don't know. Hey, don't, I don't worry know. about it. Look, just, you're, you're having a conversation. You're having a conversation with two strangers fucking 5,000 miles away, man. We ain't talking to those fucking knobheads. That's hate. I know. Comment, put hateful comments. They're, the pro- they're probably the ones smoking a meth pipe right in there. Like, hey, he smells meth. Oh, <laughs> I know. Meth. <laughs> yeah, they're it. the ones that are fucking you know I mean? commenting on a, on a fucking video. Like, we don't even do that, man. We don't fucking mingle. Yeah, I, re- I, re- I recorded a podcast episode this morning. And I went off on those people where it's just like, you know, these, you know, the people go off on Kill Tony and then these people sit on their computers and they write things, whatever. And it's just like, you know, we're not novelty yet. Like we're, we're fucking people, man. You know, there's, there's some people that are battling, truly battling depression. There are people that are, are in the midst of a custody battle with their children. You know what I mean? Like there's, mm. we're people. And, and to sit there and, and to, to be so cruel over one minute of a person's life, when again, you don't know what they went through that day to be in that moment. You don't know what they're struggling. They could have had, they could have had a relative die the day before. And then they're going to be leaving the day after to go to the funeral. And then when they get up, I kill Tony maybe they're a little nervous or maybe their head's not in the game mm. or whatever else. And to sit there and to be so blatantly cruel when, when these people, and I, I understand all of this, they do nothing. They, 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 they don't give or contribute anything to society in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. They do. They do enjoy being haters. And I get that, but they're, they're not you attacking know, you though. Again, it's about your identity. No, they're, they're, atta- they're attacking themselves. They're attacking, I understand that. They're attacking a projection of you, not Tim Warner, who you are, the living, breathing soul that you are. They're attacking a projection of you, an interpretation. Yeah, they're yeah, not the same it, thing. They're not the same thing. You're 100% right. But it's something that's been, um, I guess, on my mind or in my sight, because, like, you know, a lot of people, when they see me, you know, they see the fucking dumb mohawk and whatever else. And they, they think certain things of me and I've just been Austin. I've been noticing it more like this place is supposed to be weird, but I stand out. This place ain't that weird, you know? And, um, you know, I've been struggling. This is dumb. This is probably the dumbest thing I'll say, but I've been struggling with girls here. Like they don't seem to find me attractive and whatever else. And I think it's because of what people perceive this to be. And I guess it kind of crushes me, not because it's me, but it's, it's because, again, the only way a dictatorship could thrive is to keep a country divided 50-50. And if people are just looking at a haircut and, and making divisions, it's just we're, not yeah. that we're fucked. Because, yeah. again, it's never been unfucked. But it's like, is is this really where we're at? Really? And I just, I don't want to believe that. I have hope in humanity. Mm. I believe in my species. It may be a dumb bet, but I'm betting the over on humans. I'm gonna. I'm not giving up on my fucking species, man. I'm not doing it. 
You, look, man, I, live, I live in the south of England, man. With you, the way you look, man, you'd be fucking crawling in pussy, man. They fucking love her. <laughs> man, yeah. be fucking, man, you'd be, you'd be, oh, you'd be struggling, <laughs> dude. You'd be struggling. Like, leave me alone. I just want to do my stand up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, look, look. And the thing is, I don't, I don't even necessarily give a shit about getting laid per se, but flirting. I haven't even had a girl come up to me and be like all drunk and, and like my friend over there takes your haircut too uh, like no, you sound nothing. like you care There's about what nothing. they think about your haircut more um yeah maybe but, i do if you I like know. your haircut I've just right? been, who gives a fine hey, fuck yeah fucking i don't know i just like a mortal combat character who will whip out I his agree. fucking hair with his finishing move i agree yeah. But it, so fucking, but it's been, it's been interesting because the hair was never an issue until Houston. And when I was in New York City, telling people like, I'm just fucking going down south and I'm just going to perform. And people are like, you're going to perform in Alabama. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going to perform in Alabama. You bet. And they're like, with that haircut, they're going to fucking internet. I went down to Alabama and those people were fucking great to me. And I never got any fucking cracks about the hair. I go to Houston. Holy shit, they treated me like Alabama there. So it's like, I guess it's it was never on my mind till recently. So I guess I'm being it's a, a weird, little... Um, I know, no, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying because, you know, America is its weird own little culture. You know, there's plenty of cultures in America, but like, you know, the way you look in the UK, people wouldn't even bat an eye because we have different priorities. That's what I was just going to say. I, am I weird? I don't think it's heads, but do you think it's heads? No, like if you're in the UK, no one gives a either. fuck. Like they just want to know, can you pay the bill? That's all they care about down here. Yeah, yeah. like you're a funny guy. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what then. I mean, turn dude, the lights on. Dude, no, fuck, nice hair, bro. Dude, I've walked into a couple places and they have not served me. For what? Here in Austin. And it's just like, it's amazing to me. And For I don't what? know What's what it reason? is. I'm, I'm sorry. I have... T- I have no idea, but I, I'll go at a table. Like I've done this. I've gone into, I've gone into a bar, whatever pub as you guys call it. I sit down at a thing and then I'm waiting there five minutes for the waitress. I see her go up to other tables. So then I go up to the bar, I ask for a menu and then they tell me I can do a QR code. And I said, that's fucking adorable. I see menus right there. Can I please have a menu? I want to touch a menu. So they give me the menu and I'll go sit down and then the person, the waitress will never come to me and I'll go, Hey, and just go, I'll be right with you. It never comes. So I just end up leaving. And that's happened to me three times in Austin. And I just, I don't know. I don't know why it is. It's I don't ble- drink. It's so a I'm blessing in disguise. In it's a blessing in disguise. That hair's a filter of, for, for bullshit. You know, you know who your friends are with that haircut. Put it that way. Exactly. Yes. 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 I agree with you. Like COVID, yeah. COVID was a blessing in disguise. For, for for me in a way because I know who the cunts are more than ever. They're not hiding. God. They're not hiding. Shrouded in mystery. COVID. This medicinal martial law is maybe top three greatest things that have ever happened. Yeah, medicinal I, I, martial law. And like I can smoke it. Yeah, I want to smoke. I want to smoke me some yeah. martial law. It sounds like sounds well, like like a what? Well, what would you guys? What would you guys call it? Ah, oh, fuck. Draconian me. lockdown measures that can. Okay. my ass. Sorry. Okay. Because it's not a because you don't quarantine healthy people. So it's but not a thing I see. I, I, I nothing changed for me. I mean, I I did more stuff when lockdown happened, but 
I kind of just play my Xbox and fucking do my own thing anyway. Mate. So nothing really fucking so, happened. So, so you didn't change. It's not that nothing happened. That's bullshit. I know, I changed. There was a bunch I, of shit that happened. I actually changed. No, of course. I, I would never have done this two years ago. I'm an awkward piece of fucking shit. So, like, me sitting here okay. talking to strangers is... He's not a stranger. He's like my best friend. But, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. 50% of the people that have been on have been strangers. So, yeah. like, me doing this is, like... Dude, I finished my book. I would have never done that shit if lockdown that didn't happen, man. That book, man, like... Hey. I, I'm literally like two pages away from doing the final draft and it's done. Like I can't go into too much detail about it, man, but that shit is the next phase of my life. That is incredible. That is incredible. It is. Yeah. Dude, I, I have, I'll send you a copy. Dude, I have notes. I have notes about a book when I was homeless that I have, and I haven't even, I think I might have half of the chapter done. Mm. Well, I'm so, a big, like, yeah. I'm the same. I'm, I'm a big. Same. Ch- I, I I'm a big. Together. I'm a big Chuck Palahniuk fan. Big Elmore Leonard fan. So I'm all about situational. Ooh. I'm all about. Ooh. I'm all about the dialogue. I'm all about the the situation rather than the grand. You scheme. know, um, uh, Jonathan Franz. You ever read any of his work? No, I'll, I'll write it down. I would. I would. I would highly recommend the book, uh, "The Corrections." Again, by Jonathan Franz. The corrections. The corrections. Jonathan yep. Because I hate, yep. I fucking hate fantasy. Like, you wouldn't believe it. I fucking hate fantasy, right? And It kind of hurts me a little bit, man. Like, I don't like too much description. Just get to the fucking point. It took me four years to write a book that's 200 pages long. That, is, that, is that to do with fantasy or is that just uh, description? Fantasy attracts a particular type of, you know, uh, not audience, but a particular type of talent. Like, written not, fantasy or like movie written, fantasy. Fan, written, written fantasy, like written fantasy. Like there are some good ones out there. I'm not knocking it, but when it comes to like the kind of people that want to be fantasy writers, you get these kind of introverted on the spectrum, you know, they want to escape into this world full of elves and fucking wizards and shit like that. And it's like, no, no, no. I want to know about those two guys in the room snorting Coke. What do they have to say? That's my story. You know, that is, Dude, finishing a book, dude. I think that is so dope. You should be so proud of yourself. That's fucking great. I will be tomorrow when I get those great. last two pages done. But, you know, I, I'll give you an idea. Like, you know, I, I walked into a fish and chip shop uh, two years ago. I was, high up my, I was high as fuck. And I started getting paranoid. And I knew walking in through that door, I wanted a fish cake, right? It's something we do in the UK. I wanted a fish cake. But I looked at the hot food display, and there was just one sausage in the hot food display. So I start getting anxious thinking, I don't want to be the guy that has to get a fish cake made for him from scratch. I don't wish to be a burden. That's what the weed was doing to my head. <laughs> and um, next thing you know, the queue's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'm going to have an existential crisis here about the whole fish cake. And then the guy says, all right, mate, what will it be? And I said, oh, I'll have chips. And in my head, I'm going fish cake, fish cake. I look over the hot food display. I said, fish cake uh, and, a, a, and a sausage, please. And he says, do you want it small, jumbo or battered? And I look at him all stone-like. Yes, please. All right. And my mate's like, <laughs> dude, do you want a jumbo sausage? I'm like, yes, I like that very much. So the guy's just shaking his head, wrapping up the bag and all that and gives it to me. And as we walk out, he's like, mate, I can't take you anywhere, can I? And he had to explain to me what just happened. And then I sit in the car and open up my bag, my food with the chips and that and the sausage. And the guy in the seat behind me just goes, Dan, mate, I thought you said you're getting a fish cake. I put that in the book and that fucking kills every time. Huh. Huh. You know, just the story about the fish cake. Yeah. Like there's so much tension yeah. in that one subchapter. 
all because a guy's got stoned and he, he doesn't have the balls to ask for yep. a fish cake. Yes. Those, see, I did, and again, when we were talking about like uh, the transmutation, right, of like human and the machine, and machines into humans, I think little moments like that is what we miss. Mm. Like yeah. the, just that dumb little I'm high trying to order a fucking goddamn fish cake and they don't have it. And that in that moment of eternal dialogue, the, the moment of questioning things that don't need to be questioned, but yet the questions can appear. So should I be questioning them? And all of that where where machines would just process data, process data, where in fact we can explore. And those those little moments like that you just picked right there, dude, that's the fucking beauty of life. Like where I was talking about girls, for example, like flirting. I think, you know, fucking is great, what? but I think there is such a beauty. I think there is such a beauty in like when someone makes eyes with you across the bar and especially someone that you find attractive. And then maybe you have the conversation while you're having a conversation, they type, they, you know, like touch your arm a little bit and just like, those little moments of of excitement and non-excitement that we get in existence, dude. A machine can't fucking do that. You know? That's why that rake hurts well. You know, either we're gonna repair ourselves to where basically we become machine, or we download our consciousness into some kind of mainframe, some kind of machine. And I would never want that kind of world, man, because I like those little moments, you yeah. know. It's a bit I, off subject, but like, yeah. See, when you get those uh, porn adverts, and it's like the animated, uh, and it's like this will make you come in twenty seconds. Like, no, I, I want actual feigny penis and vagina, please. Thank, thank you. You know, do you know what's funny? Yeah, but, plus, why do you want to? Why do you want to come in twenty? In twenty seconds, seconds exactly. Like, like the whole part of it, the whole fun of the orgasm. <laughs> The whole when your when your quads go numb, that's because <laughs> you, you were sitting there kind of tugging for a little bit. You're getting that blood flowing. You need a little bit of a story. You need a little bit of a foreplay. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, why yeah. does why does this stepmom want to fuck her stepson? I need to know <laughs> these kind of little things, and then when I can see the story and I can hear how how she reacts and I can see how he acts. And then when it's built up, then I fucking blow a load and the legs go numb. And then and, uh, you do that in 20 seconds, dude, you could break it. You don't want to break it. You know, I, I like to play. I, I have a, I have a thing I do with my girlfriend called playing co-op where, you know, it's two okay. players, two players, one joystick. Um, she, she fondles the balls while I, while I do the dirty deed and uh, it works every time, man, you know, <laughs> Oh, does that take? Oh, more than twenty okay. seconds. That takes about two and a half minutes, mate. Who's counting? Two and a half minutes, dude. You know, yeah, this I, what's a normal time? Normal time. So well, look, I'm not fucking this keeping count here, dude. Right? You know, when you're having a good time, time is irrelevant. You know. Yep. Yeah. And but I like, just, you know, here's here's a thing for you, right? So, um, I fucking lost my track now. We will talk about porn. There's so many porn stories I got to tell you. Like, <laughs> yeah, fucking. Yeah, I laugh, right? Like how porn has its own comment section. And I remember seeing a porn yeah. comment where some dude just put, 
This is tagged as lesbian anal. This isn't lesbian anal at all. Report to admin. I'm just thinking, dude, when I bust that nut, I go on with my day. Like, who has time to leave a comment? Can you imagine some admin in some little fucking little cubicle? Like, oh, I'm so sorry you feel this way about this pornographic video. <laughs> you know, it's like, dude. I think it's funny when people say they watch porn. Because I masturbate to it. I don't watch it. Yeah, like, I don't... Can't wait to see where this is going. Can't wait. What yeah. plot twists are going to occur in this? I can't, I can't wait yeah, to I see don't... the different size penis from the last he, video. <laughs> he, he never. That I don't know why I'm talking about penises. So yeah, much. he. I, I went through a phase of stuck porn, and they're clearly not stuck. You know. What do you mean stuck? Like, like when stuck, you're stuck in a girl puts a hand in the dryer and she's like, oh, "I'm stuck," and then oh. the little step, the stepson comes oh. like, right? And I'm thinking she's clearly not stuck. Like I've seen stuck. That ain't stuck. She's just putting her head in a dryer and pretending like she's stuck. Why the hell? Why the hell did you watch those? I don't. It was I a never, phase, I, dude. It was a phase, dude. You know, this really? is cool. first lockdown, dude. Anything You're goes. Brave for well, me. No. Well, so. no, here's man. something that's here's something that's kind <laughs> of funny. Um, was it like right after Valentine's Day, 2020? I said um, that I was going to go 90 days without an orgasm. Uh oh. I was going to go 90 oh, days man. without an orgasm. They call it a uh, no fat. And no I went, yeah. And I went, I went 90 days. Well, then the lockdown happened about a month in. And then I went two months without an orgasm during um, the medicinal martial loss. And I will say one of the best things I ever did. Fair enough. Man. One really? of the best one. Yeah. 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 Like, if we can, if we can get past like the the childish like joking thing about it, um, it's first of all it was it's been talked about for centuries. Um, if you read a lot of like uh, was it Napoleon Hill, um, like Dale Carnegie, uh, they talked about like what is it? Transmute? It's not transmutation. Uh, but basically like this, all right, the energy that you give off when you blow a low, right? So you're sitting there jacking whatever, and then all the joy juice that comes out. <laughs> if, you were, if you were to keep that in, okay, one, what it does, like what it does when it comes to women, one, your, for, your pheromones, whatever, they're going to be very high. Like if you walked into a bar or pub and – Let's say I didn't jack off for 90 days and you jacked off a day earlier. My pheromones, whatever, would be stronger than yours. Women would be attracted to me more just because I've been holding in my load. And then what that also does is because you're not getting laid, it makes you have to come up with creative ways to get laid. Mm. Like since you're not jacking off, so... Uh, honestly, when it came to my creativity, when it came to like comedy wise, whatever else, when you wake up in a day and you know, you're not going to spend any time on an orgasm, you will put that time and energy into so many other things. And I think it's what started like, here we are now having this conversation based off the kill Tony, all of those successes and whatever else and that creativity, I think a lot of it, the pinpoint came from that uh 
no pun intended, but came from that three months. Believe it or not. I know what you're saying, like, you know, there is a psychological thing. Like, it's like anything, it can be an addiction. You know, there's also yeah. a psychological aspect to it. You know, I've been in a relationship for a year and a half, and this girl is literally my soulmate. Like, I want to kill her sometimes, but that's because she's my soulmate. I, she's a mm-hmm. female version of me. She's five years older than me, and I've never met someone who she challenges me on such a deep intellectual level. That I'm like, I found the one, right? And she never kisses my ass. She she she'll criticize me to the point where it makes me a better person. Not like me is who I am, but on an on a uh, intellectual level with my writing and stuff. My book is the way it is now because she criticized the second draft. She tore it to pieces. So I licked my wounds and came back and it, the, she, she gave me the thumbs up with the final draft. She's like, that's it. You did it. You did it. All right. And that's, that so, is. so I'm in, I'm working in a gym and there's these like attractive looking females and they're like talking to me now because I'm talking to them in a way that I'm not trying to get laid by these women. I'm trying to just have an intellectual discussion with them. And they're talking to me. They're being receptive because I'm in a happy relationship, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it kind of sucked that there was the lockdown and then like, I couldn't go out to places and whatever else and kind of see how much this worked or didn't work. Uh, but creatively and like writing and just, organizing time and everything it just it took me to a whole nother level mm. and now now i'm at a point where i'm trying to do it just once a month yeah that's cool man I, you know I, you know if i can go once every three days i'm good you know like i have the, i have the five minute rule i'm not allowed to search porn for longer than five minutes because the, the result's going to be the same regardless of what it is oh uh, five I minutes that's, i'm allowed i'm I only allowed that's... i'm only allowed five minutes to find pornography oh well the, oh, the finishing point i, I think I think that's the fun part. No, because like it's going to be the same result. So why spend so much trying to find some lost porn video that I don't really care for? It's like, why scroll through all them videos? Just so I just pick a video, do it like, cause there's two types of masturbating. There's the doing it for the sake of doing it. And then there's the, I fucking need to, you know, before I can. Well, l- let me ask, let me ask you this. Uh, how often, how often you do it without porn? just your mind i'm glad you asked that question right not yeah. as often you know when i go you should. I, I call it going vegetarian so when i go vegetarian <laughs> right? all right going vegetarian dude you know i probably do it like once every two three days so okay. because of this because okay. of this, I'm, I'm, I'm going vegetarian again because of this conversation good you should because i'll tell you what dude one thing i love too like like boners were so intense like uh and then actually fucking is so much it's so much more intense it's great yeah it's better for my sex life and my girlfriend for sure yeah yeah it's it's uh yeah it did wonders you know i got i ended up getting laid a couple times in the uh during the medicinal martial law and yeah it did wonders Hmm. i'm uh i'm a big fan of it um i will say since i've been living in the car like if there's nights that I have trouble getting sleep, I'll fucking rub one out to be able to go to sleep. Um, but I'm trying to do that less and less now because I just feel that being in Austin and being in Austin during this time, uh, I need to be I need to be on top of my game. I think uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities here, and um, 
I don't, I don't want to miss out and I don't want to blow no pun intended, hmm. uh, those opportunities. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think you're the right there's, 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 be... not a, there's not a lot of news articles out there, so you don't want to be that guy who's been caught busted in Walmart, <laughs> tugging one <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> what a wanker. <wank> yeah. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, I've got, a, I've, I've got a system set up, you know. It's still a little awkward. Like, it'll, it'll be nice when I actually jack off inside of a building. But if you, um, if you can't you see know. them, they can't see you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and like I said, sometimes, like sometimes, dude, I'm like I don't like sleeping in general. I just I don't like it. Um, Why so is that? It's a it's a fucking waste of time. It's a waste it's, of time. I fucking love sleeping, dude. I'm like I hate Dom, it. Dude. Like Dom, I hate it. I like Dom. You know what I love? Dude. I love the feeling of being tired, like at like. I, I, I don't, don't really earning is what I don't mind earning sleep, mm. but yeah, that, I, that I, it, yeah. I don't I don't like it. Like, yeah, yeah. like I I do I do about maybe four hours a night, and I get mad if I do more than that. Well, I'm nocturnal. I try oh. like I, I don't yeah, mean yeah. to. I think I've been doing it for years, but you just I stay up till like the early hours and then sleep till the afternoon time. Well, speaking of sleep, I've got to go to sleep soon myself. But um, I don't oh, that's mean... right. I forget. I forget that you guys are like what ten thirty six hours yeah. ahead. Yeah, ten thirty. Yeah. yeah. But um, before we wrap up, um, yes, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so that's the only thing now. Uh, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, or TV show, or both? Ooh, okay. Favorite movie? I got a. There's a toss up. Uh, between Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia and um, uh, Seven Pounds. Seven uh, Pounds, Will- really? Yeah, it's a Will Smith movie. I know, but I, I get such fucking holly. I hate being. Um, I mean, I don't. I, it is a good movie. When I watched it, it made me cry like a fucking bitch. But yep, like yep. I just he's got it. two movies. He's I, got two movies. I absolutely love, and I cry every time. Pursuit and it's Seven Pounds. Yeah, in pursuit yeah. of happiness. The problem the I don't, what yeah. I don't like about Seven Pounds is I hate it when I feel like I'm being emotionally blackmailed, like Hollywood baiting movies, like Oscar baiting movies. Like you've got your pay it forwards, you've got your seven pounds. You okay. know what I mean? Like they they really try to, this is the bit, what you know, like a canned laughter you get in TV shows. Like this is the bit where you're meant to laugh. This is the bit where you're meant to cry. You know what I mean? I, I get, but it's been 10 years since I watched Seven Pounds and I loved it when I watched it. It's just in hindsight, I, I need to watch it again. Yeah. The writer was this Italian guy. He hasn't done many movies. Uh, I think he might have done one other movie. Uh, I hit him up on Facebook and he wrote me back because I told him how much I just absolutely loved uh, Seven Pounds and the idea behind it and um, the jellyfish, the whole nine. Yeah. And he wrote me back. He wrote me back a beautiful like thing. Yeah. So uh, I know it's a Will Smith movie, but... Uh, I just, I yeah. love it. I, I love like it. Will Smith. It's about, like- it's, it, cause it, it's about helping people and shit. And I'm yeah. with you on like the Oscar aspects, but um, there was, there's a beauty to that. Like I liked watching him try to find good people. And then there was like that one guy at the nursing home and then he found out how much that scumbag was my favorite scene. That's like, my favorite yeah, scene. Dude, in that movie. Yeah. It's just, it's uh yeah, it's really great. Uh, TV shows. 
Um, yeah, and Magnolia is just an amazing piece of art. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson is my favorite director. Love his symmetry. Uh, my, Love his symmetry. He, everything about I mean, dude, Magnolia, I don't think the camera stops moving. And I'm being dead serious. Like, even if there's, like, uh, someone talking, mm. it's still this slow close-up. You know, like, even if Julian Moore's in the fucking pharmaceutical thing, being like, don't call me lady, it's still, mm. like, this zoom in. You know, when it follows Jimmy Gator yeah, around yeah. the well, office, like it's just that dude, his writing, his fucking everything. He is I, just, I'm, I'm a big I, fan I hope to be in a movie someday. I'm a big fan of, uh, I think his name is Qon. Q- Q- he, he directed Children of Men. He directed Harry Potter 3. And oh, he, yeah, yeah. And Gravity. You know, I, you know, Children of Men's got some amazing long, long takes. They're just fucking breathtaking. Yeah. You know, and, uh, What'd you say? TV shows? Well, I think probably the greatest TV show of all time, in my opinion, it's got to be South Park. Yeah. I mean, I, think, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, with all due respect to Dave Chappelle, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker are the two funniest people in the world. I'm sorry. Team America. I mean, I don't, come on. Team there's, America. There's, I mean, Team America. Book a Mormon, for Christ's sakes. Like, and, and, then, and then just South Park, how they just they don't hit a thing. They hit everything. And like, they get both sides and they mock everything. It's just, and, and they're, they're so on the pulse of fucking people, man. Um, mm. That show, I, I, it never ceased. It never ceased to make me want to write more. Yeah. I, are, I love that structure, that take on right. And they say, if you, if you use, but, and then you failed, but if you use, however, or therefore, that's that's their writing formula and i love that i have never heard that dude and that makes all the fucking sense in the world holy yeah. christ that is brilliant yeah. oh wow say that one more time for me i, I might be butchering it I'll, I'll send you a link to yeah, the video yeah, it's itself fine. but um they yeah. say that if you use um and then or how you know you, you failed it uh, and then yeah but if you use therefore and however yeah rather talk, talk about the consequences of the, you know the reaction yeah therefore oh sorry it's the first time hearing that. that's fucking beyond brilliant yeah, i'll I mean, send you a link because oh, wow. it explains it Please. better but um Please. You know, uh, you know. what else i like the rest of development the first mm-hmm. three seasons i thought uh that was a lot of fun for a tv show how it was written and everything a lot of fun um wonder years i absolutely love with all my heart I would love to make a '90s version of Wonder Years. I'm uh, uh, sorry. Yeah. No. 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 My 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 next uh, novel takes place in the 1990s. Uh, a I time, mean, it should. A time traveler goes back in time to manipulate the stock market, but ends up losing his ability. Gets stuck in Manchester in 1991 in the UK and gets addicted to the MDMA rave scene. <laughs> <laughs> And the guy he's meant to go back and kill, he ends up teaming up with them so they can bankrupt the corporation that hired them in the first place. Oh, dude, that's that sounds that sounds great. At least up my alley. Yeah. Oh, dude, I like that. But he just I gets like fucking that. addicted to ecstasy and rays, man. Like he's from 2050, yes. so he just falls in love with the Manchester early nineties. Oh, well, we didn't have it as big. Here, but yeah, I too, I remember 
well, I remember late nineties, early aughts, but granted that's also when I was drinking. I was 21 around that time. And like, uh, Oh dude, 92 is the greatest year. Uh, Nevada. yeah, I was born in, I was born in 78. Fair play, man. So Michael Jackson yeah. was still black when you were born. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was a kid. Instead of fucking him, he was one. <laughs> I was he was fucking himself awkwardly. Like, why am I doing this? <laughs> Jehovah's going to hate me. <laughs> yeah, dude, 92 was great, man. We had, we had the dream team. Yeah, it was great, yeah. Came out, came out the win. L.A. riots. Don't yeah, man. Good year. It was a worst. Yeah, what we I might. Like, what I like about 1992 the most is that the Queen considers it the worst year of her life. So that makes. Oh, I didn't better. know that. Yeah, Anna's, why? Why is it? Because um, why is it the worst year of her life? Uh, her sister died. Uh, Diana and Prince Charles got divorced. Uh, all sorts of shit went down. Okay. So I was gonna say, I think that Diana might be when she died. I thought that would be up there. Nah, because she did that. that yeah, was the queen didn't give a fuck about Diana. See? Yeah, she did that shit. She did. She did, didn't she? Yeah, man. She she was the one. That's a shame. She was she was pretending to be that paparazzi. She was driving. <laughs> she was driving. <laughs> it was Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, that would have gone away. Probably, and that would have gone away with meddling fucking Republicans. <laughs> probably the same person that was driving the motorcade in Dallas back hey, she, in '63. <laughs> hey, she was the one that she was the one that flew that plane with that building, mate. Because you know, people like people. This putting, queen, she's one motherfucking. People <laughs> putting pictures like, oh, you know, oh, look at the queen crying. It's like lizards don't cry. What are you on about? Yeah, why the, okay, let me ask you guys a question. Okay, we okay. Why the fuck are you still doing kings and queens? Because there's so many, <laughs> there's so many cunts in our country that are sycophants that like waving flags made in China and think, oh, oh, mate, you see them, they're in their crowds, like, Woo! yeah, who are these what, people? What is, who pays because them? they think that it brings tourism to the country, yet the French killed their royalty hundreds of years ago, and people actually get to go inside the castles now, and it makes more money. <laughs> all right forgive me this not this is where the americans gonna come out in me um what what is amsterdam netherlands whatever uh the netherlands what about it that's its own thing it's its or own is country. that like all right so you've got, the ne- you've got the netherlands and then you've got holland yeah. which is a district of the netherlands so they hate it when they refer to it as holland but um, okay it's its own sovereign nation in the european union you know Okay, because I was just trying to think of reasons why Americans go over to England, and the only thing I've really heard a lot is, um, yeah, there's mushroom tea in Amsterdam or something. Yeah, you can pretty much like prostitution's legal over there, right? Uh, you know, right. You can smoke weed. Mushrooms aren't. Yeah, there's al- coffee shops to go smoke weed. And, but yeah, Spain, it's... but I never, I never got to experience Amsterdam properly because my girlfriend was underage, so we couldn't smoke anywhere. But I went last year. I went to Alicante, which is in Spain, where weed is decriminalized, and I fucking got okay. high within 30 minutes of getting off that plane. I went to go see my uncle. I didn't. I went to go get high, but he had a place to stay. So, uh, did, I don't. Did it to- suck? Did oh, it mate. suck being legal? Um, it's pretty much legal around here now. Anyway, like you're never going to get stopped by yeah, the cops. Yeah, but does it? But does it? But does it suck? That it's illegal. That no, that, that it's, it's legal. That is, is it? Yeah. Does it um, suck? 
I've never experienced legal weed, so I can't. We got CBD over here. Um, you know what? Oh, fuck CBD. Less people, less people. I think it kind of sucks. Less people would smoke weed if it was legal here, weirdly enough. Like, I smoke weed on and off. Like, if someone said, oh, do you want to come to the coffee shop and smoke some weed with me? If it was legal in this country, I wouldn't. I'd be like, no, I'll just smoke weed in my own house. I don't like leaving the house when I'm high. I can do it, but I'd rather not. Yeah, man. I like, I like the fact that not everyone can get it. <laughs> I, I, I think there's something to it. Like it's just like people who go out drinking on on uh, St. Patty's Day, where it, it's just amateur bullshit. So now, now if weed's legal, you're gonna get all these dummies that would never have smoked weed that probably aren't good at it. Now they're puffing away, thinking they're a hashtag and whatever else, and it sucks. It takes away the culture. It takes away a lot of the fun now that everyone's doing it mm. it's just like oh that blows well, it you becomes know a, it becomes a parody of itself doesn't it it's like with the yeah. punk movement yeah in the, in the 70s, exactly in the 70s right people were so poor in america and britain that people couldn't afford the trendy clothes so they'd rip up their own clothes and put badges on them and put patches and they'd give it his own identity but then 10 years later when the high street started selling punk clothes it became a parody of itself and lost all its meaning yep 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 just like what like they did with like Jurassic Park three. That's an oh, inside joke. That That's an inside joke. Oh. There's a scene. There's a scene in Jurassic Park three where uh, Sam Neill is having a nightmare and he just sees a Velociraptor go, Alan, and it's yeah. the worst scene in the movie. Therefore, it's the best scene in the entire fucking franchise. A Velociraptor. Who thought that was a good idea, Alan? And it's probably the only practical dinosaur in the film as well, <laughs> on an airplane in a and dream. Saying a man's yeah, name, yeah, a dinosaur speaking English. It's just beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, we went off subject. It's beautiful. No, it's not, I've never seen the. I never saw the first one. And then during the oh. fucking lockdown, during the lockdown, my roommates, it was on like TNT or something, and then they were making fun of me for not watching it. So then we watched it, and then I was like, "Yeah, this is why I didn't watch it. This movie sucks." Yeah. Holy <laughs> really blows! This is all garbage. Yeah. But the first one. Like, I know you're supposed to suspend your, you know, disbelief or whatever. It's like, okay, fine. Yeah. But this isn't even non-believable. Like, this is, this is garbage. It was but, good. I don't it was, know. It was People good for like his time. Like, you know, like, when it comes to special effects, like, I got all day, I, I got all the time in the world for Terminator 2. Straight, you know, Terminator 2, man. That's my, that's my fucking jam. I got so high once that I, I cried. I, think, I cried during I think Terminator 2. that's a 92. 2. Yeah. No, that's Did not really? No, I was so high that I just cried at the beauty of the movie. Not even any. Oh, wow. Yeah, I ain't watched it for a while, but if I watched it now and caught the end, man, that's quite sad, isn't it? It's not even the end. Just the whole film. Like the scene, uh, this, the scene where Sarah uh, Connor is just watching her son play. No, but you get so that gets emotionally me. attached to a robot. You know, he doesn't really speak. He's just like, yes, no, your dog is dead. You know what well, I mean? And, but you uh, love hey, him. Hey, hey. Hey, but he was a better father to John exactly. than John's father was that to him. That scene fucking gets me that, every time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm with you, too. Where, but he like, wipes the tear from his... Yeah. No, when, yeah, Sarah dude, Connor, then... when Sarah Connor is watching uh, John Connor play with the Terminator, and she, oh, in her monologue, yeah, yeah. she says, he will never he yeah. will never leave him. He will never get drunk. Yeah. He will never yeah. say he's not good enough. He will be there for the rest of his life or it's that's why the ending's so fucking sad dude that that line is so great like i know why you cry now that's fucking there you go 
that's really that when is she's banging really when she's banging on the fence trying to warn people about the bomb uh, you know there's a there's a short story in my novel called the last man when the artificial intelligence is actually there with the last human being of existence and he's he's he, he presents himself as a being made of bright light and they reconcile their differences and he helps him he helps the last man let go into death and you know that's the pinnacle of the story oh, wow. and you know Dude. you know he says you are going to go to a place that even goes beyond my own comprehension you know that's what the ai says to and he says you know he he made extensions of itself all around the world but now he's forever destined to tread this earth alone you know that that was its destiny and it said it, it can't go back and fix it because it, it has to conquer itself before that can happen oh oh that is great wow yeah. dude keep was, writing I was, well i was finished you got dude. some fucking yeah, I finished, you got dude. some ideas dude keep yeah but do more Keep doing more. You got great ideas, dude. I'll send you. I'll send Holy you. Shit. I'll send you a copy of the book in a, in a week if you want. If you want some easy, re- some shit to read. Please. Imagine. Imagine. Please. Sci- imagine sci-fi Elmore Leonard. <laughs> Please, that'd be great. Yeah. Send it my way, dude. I'll, I'll give. I'll give you the address of someone you could send it to here. <laughs> Just fucking send it to Antones. <laughs> yeah. No, I, funny, no, but there's a buddy, a buddy here, comic, Jimmy Clifford, who, who's kind of, I don't know, we're fucking around with my podcast right now, whatever else, and uh, he seems to really be helping me out, so I use his place oh, behind the as an uh, or... address. Uh, behind the scenes, like, uh, he's got a green screen and stuff, and okay. uh, we're kind of doing some experiments right now. I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, because he's got this shit where it's like, I could really step up my podcast game and whatever else, and, yeah. you know, talk about, like I just did one about the three vaccines all being the same evil. And it was with him and the green screen and stuff. And I really liked it. Is and that now, with the USA fight? Yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Cause I, cause uh, I used to do my podcast when I was in Queens, I would have the American flag behind me upside down. Because yeah, yeah. that's uh, we do that when uh, the country is in distress, mm. and I think and I I think we have been for a very long time. But COVID and the big the Great Reset, this fourth industrial revolution brought to you by the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and the Rockefellers, uh, yeah, it's made it pretty clear to me. Mm. You know, it's really brought a lot to light and. The human spirit is is very valuable, and very important, and um, I just I hope we don't lose 2019. I really don't. You know, I experienced some weirdness in 2019. You know, out working in the gym, seeing people working out, thinking that everyone was on an upward trajectory with their lives. And for me, 2019 was the year of the ego for a lot of these people. Not so much us, but for a lot of the you know. Mm. The people that were working out, looking themselves in the mirror, doing their shoulder raises, you know what I mean? The year of the ego. And then everybody was, you know, um, clinking glasses on New Year's Day saying, this is our year. This is our year. And that ego got fucking knocked. And it kind of, in a sick way, kind of made me feel happy. It's like, yeah, fuck you guys. You fucking bicep curls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if their egos and if their egos are really that strong, then they would have realized that they didn't have to do any of that. 
Yeah, they just allowed, follow. It allowed people like us you know? to come out the woodwork and embrace our creativity. Yeah. Well, like I said, with here, you know, I, I do feel the energy here is Seattle 91. I do think a grunge of comedy is coming. Mm. And um, hopefully, you know, if you guys, you know, you dig my work, you know, there's a lot of people out here, you know, the Chappelle's and the Rogan's and the Tim Dillon's and the Honest Poppuses and the Andrew Schultz's, mm. you know, they're out here and um, I think they're saying shit. And there's, there's, there's more of us being built because the PC culture is making it so we don't talk about things mm. and us not talking about things is how all of these problems have been created. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, Christ dude, we got news over here where our government we're sitting there on the news and it's like the government's wondering why there is so much Asian hate. <laughs> and it's like, well, we learned it from watching you stupids. Like, you don't remember after World War II when the war was over, you dropped two atomic bombs on Japan that were unnecessary. You just did that to flex your fucking cock to the rest of the fucking world. And then no your Looney Tunes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like like George Carlin tunes. says, isn't it a coincidence that rockets are shaped like dicks? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. George does yeah. It's just, it's, uh, it, it, it's utterly amazing to me. It's like we learned it from watching you, you mm. fucking idiots. You know? Yeah, I mean, back, Christ, dude. Back in Carlin the... talks about it when he when we put Japanese in camps in America. I mean, you look at the Looney Tunes or like uh, the Three Stooges from back in those days, dude. There is so mm. much fucking Asian mockery and whatever else. So to sit there and go, where is this coming from? Is it because of Trump? It's like stupid. You've been hating them for fucking years. Short-term memory, like we said about the gas prices. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, that's the thing that sucks with time. You get a generation that dies, and then they fucking manipulate the story of that generation for the generation after. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking rough, dude. History's written by the winners. Yeah, yeah man. You know? Anyway, I, I'm going to have to get going because yeah. my family are asleep now. I could do this all fucking night. We'll have to do this again, though, Tim, so I appreciate it. Yeah, I hope uh, I I hope uh, this is what you wanted and whatever else. Everything with, with, with the podcast, everything yeah, goes, right. man. And uh, just, keep, awesome, bro. just keep doing what you do, man. You know, people like you, you're gonna get a lot of hatred thrown your way, but you know, the the, the people who are most silent are the ones who support you the most. You know, because we don't fucking write on Reddit, we don't write on YouTube comments, but we're here supporting you. Exactly. Indeed, you know? and this has been this has been a fucking this has been a pleasure. I can't believe I'm talking to people over the pond for Christ's sake. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah, because, right. all because I wrote a couple jokes. It's pretty uh, it's pretty amazing what this life can offer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it, fucking man. incredible, dude. It's incredible. 